To listen ad-free and to get a shout-out on the show, you can now upgrade to Koala Shine Plus via the link in the show notes. But before we get started on today's episode, I've got a quick word from our friends and trusted sponsors who help make our free stories possible. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionised over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cosy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Koala Kids, and welcome to our brand new show, Koala Shine. I'm Kelly, and I'll be reading you daytime stories and giving you facts and ideas that will dazzle and amaze. Today's adventure is going to be very spooky. <laughs> because it's nearly Halloween, my favorite time of year. And it's time for a certain group of witches to do their yearly Halloween spell. Did you know that Halloween has been celebrated for about 2,000 years? It originated as a Celtic festival in Ireland called Samhain, when people would come together to ward off ghosts using bonfires and confuse any foes by wearing costumes. That's why we have jack-o'-lanterns too, to keep all spooky spirits out of the house. Nowadays, we don't have so many ghouls knocking on our doors, so we don't need to use Halloween to be professional Ghostbusters. (laughs) But it's still fun to get dressed up and spook our friends and neighbours, isn't it? These days, Halloween is simply a night for a little bit of magic and mischief. A night when mummies, zombies, monsters and ghouls of all sorts get to go bananas. And maybe dabble in a bit of magic too. As does the witch we're about to meet who's getting ready for a spot of potion brewing and spellbinding. So, let's get on our broomsticks and head towards a little cottage in the countryside, where a little witch is preparing her first ever potion. Make sure you wear your cloak and witch's hat. It's getting a bit chilly outside. Away we go! Tabitha Annabelle Postlethwaite didn't seem like a particularly exciting person. She wasn't loud and she wasn't quiet. She wasn't tall and, come to think of it, she wasn't short. Her hair hadn't quite decided whether it was brown or blonde, so it sat neither short nor long somewhere between the two. Tabitha Annabel Postlethwaite was, if truth be told, quite happy not looking like a particularly exciting person. In fact, she put effort into it. When all the girls at school started wearing their hair in plaits, she did the same, just so she didn't stand out. And when they all started wearing their socks around their ankles, rather than up around their knees, Tabitha did that too. By being as close to exactly the same as everybody else as she could, Tabitha Annabel Postlethwaite managed to not get noticed very much at all. Well, if you had her secret, you might do the same. You see, every day when Tabitha went home, she closed the front door and entered a whole new world. Tabitha was the youngest in a long line of Postlethwaite witches, who had lived in the cottage on the moors for hundreds of years. 
magic had been passed down from mother to daughter for generations. And so that is Tabitha Annabel Postlethwaite's life. She's as ordinary as possible at school. And then at home, she's a learner witch. And she's particularly excited today because she's pretty sure she's finally going to be trusted to get the special ingredients for the Halloween brew her mother and grandmother make every year. Back from school, Tabitha scoops up her black cat to give him a cuddle. For every self-respecting witch, of course, has a black cat. Hers is called Monty, and Monty follows Tabitha around to check she doesn't do anything too silly while she's still learning to control her magic. He reports back every evening to Tabitha's mother. Tabitha and Monty head into the kitchen, where her mother and grandmother are bent over a huge cauldron. They're murmuring the spell that has been used by witches for hundreds of years, calling and chanting as they stir the pot. It's a spell so famous that perhaps you'll know it too. Or perhaps you'll feel as though you've heard it somewhere, but you're not quite sure. That's when you'll have come across it, drifting on the winds, floating gently through your window and passing you on a breeze. Eye of newt and toe of frog, wool of bat and tongue of dog. Adder's fork and blind worm's sting, lizard's leg and owlet's wing. For a charm of powerful trouble, like a potion boil and bubble. Tabitha's mother looked up as she came in and smiled at her daughter. Oh, hello, dear, she said her voice coming to Tabitha from the other side of the green smoke. Your grandmother and I have decided it's time. Tabitha stopped still. The moment had come. The moment had finally come. She didn't dare speak in case she broke the moment and messed it up. Bubbles bubbled in the background. Two cats, who had been arguing over a ball of wool, fell from the counter onto the floor with a bit of a thump and a screech, and then went straight back to their arguing. It's time for you to source the ingredients for the spell, Tabitha's grandmother said. Your mother and I think you've been doing terribly well recently, and this year you're ready. Why, when I was your age, I'd... Yes, yes, dear. It's time, interrupted Tabitha's mother. The old lady's stories were always wonderful to hear, but did have a tendency to somewhat take over the day. One time one had gone on for over an entire week. Off you pop, her mother said. She pointed towards the basket in the corner, winked at Monty, and turned back to her stirring and slow repetition of the ancient lines. Tabitha, basket slung over her arm, stepped out into the garden and headed off into the afternoon sun. It was one of those beautiful, crisp sort of days that sometimes happen at the end of October. One of those days that appear between all the damp, rainy ones and make everything wonderful again. The trees had lost all their leaves and were black lines etched against the sky. There were no leaves to rustle anymore underfoot. So Tabitha walked out of the garden and down the lane in almost perfect silence. She was headed towards the pond, where she was sure she would find the first two ingredients. Eye of newt and toe of frog, she muttered to herself. Monty perched on her shoulder, remembered all the stories he'd been told by his mother and grandmother about the first time they'd accompanied their young witches on missions. He couldn't wait to see if his witch did better than theirs. You may help, his mother had instructed him, 
but you must not do it for her. Understood? Monty had nodded and promised. Tabitha arrived at the pond and flung herself on her knees, looking into the brown edges of the water for newts and frogs. It didn't take long to find one of each, and soon she had a newt staring up at her from her left hand and a frog looking curiously at her from her right hand. Tabitha looked back at them. Eye of newt, she said slowly, and then toe of frog. She gulped. The newt gulped. The frog shivered and then gulped too. Monty rolled his eyes. Oh, I'm not quite sure I'm up to the job after all, Tabitha said quietly. The newt dared to let go of the breath he'd been holding. The frog gave a little ribbit of agreement. I don't suppose either of you has a spare eye or toe hanging around? She asked the little pond creatures, who shook their heads. Monty, I can't do it. I'm a terrible witch, aren't I? Monty nuzzled gently against her face. Maybe I could find something that looks like the eye of a newt, Tabitha said. Monty leapt off her shoulder and stood in front of her, nodding vigorously. He knew she was a smart little witch. You think that's a good idea, Monty? (laughs) You're probably right. That's a lot better than hurting this cute newt. Let me look at your eyes, Mr. Newt. The newt obliged and opened his eyes as wide as he could. Tabitha saw that they were bright yellow, just like mustard seeds. Aha, that's what I'll take back, she said firmly. Mustard seeds. Now, let me look at your toes, frog, and see what I can get in place of those. She looked at the frog's fat, green, bulbous toes and ran through all the flowers she'd ever known. She settled on the stem of buttercups. A bulbous buttercup stem, she announced. Monty was impressed. He rubbed against her legs to let her know just how smart she was being. (laughs) You like that idea, don't you, Monty? She let the frog and the newt back into the pond, all of them as relieved as each other, and then sat with her cat and ran through the rest of the lines. Wool of bat. Hmm, I think I'll find some dark moss for that. You know what, Monty? I don't think that witches really use these animals at all. I think they're all talking about plants, don't you? Monty couldn't have been happier. He'd heard horrendous tales from his relatives about witches actually trying to get eyes of newts and lizards' legs and the wings of baby owls. But he was his witch, getting it right the very first time. Tongue of Dog was next on the list. Tabitha spent ages trying to find a plant that looked just like a long pink tongue. But there was nothing growing by the pond, or in the hedgerow, or down in the dark corners underneath the little stone bridge. Monty, if I'm right about the flowers for the first things, I really don't believe that a tongue of a dog is used in the spell, she said to the cat. Monty nodded his head and wondered just how much help he was allowed to give. Being a cat, he could name a few dogs he'd like to see have their slobbery tongues removed, but it seemed a bit unfair to take advantage of his worried young witch. He headed off through a field and Tabitha followed. Through one field and the next they went, turning left onto a little lane 
where Monty marched over to a plant with long, hairy stems and purplish flowers. He rolled onto his back and played with his paws. <laughs> You're brilliant, Monty, said Tabitha, rushing towards the plant. She recognised it from her school books. It was called Houndstongue. <laughs> that one was even easier than the others. Of course tongue of dog meant hound's tongue. She pulled her sleeve down over her fingers and carefully pulled some poisonous stems free. She gave a little shiver when she reached the next thing on the list. Tabitha wanted nothing to do with snakes, and Adder's fork clearly meant the tongue of one. While she might have worked out that it was all about plants, even the thought of snakes gave her the heebie-jeebies. Snakes, she said slowly, moving her arm in the air as if it was one, slip-sliding around. She thought of her school books again. Serpent's tongue, of course. Come on, Monty. Monty leapt to his feet and followed her towards the wood, where they found a little mound of dogtooth violet flowers nestled beneath a tree. Did you know, Monty, she solemnly told the cat as she picked a few flowers, that dogtooth violet is also called serpent's tongue. Monty did his best to look amazed by this new information, but inwardly he yawned. Of course he knew. That was from the assistant herbalist course he'd taken at just a few months old. Every witch's cat knew that. Blind worm sting, Tabitha muttered. Hmm, I suppose that could be poppies because they're poisonous. Yes, that'll be it. And lizard's leg. Hmm, I reckon that's ivy. Any thoughts on Owlet's wing, Monty? Of course Monty knew exactly what it was the spell referred to, but it was fun watching Tabitha work it out for herself. He sat down on his back legs and waved his front paws by his side as if they were wings. Okay, you have wings, said Tabitha, a bit confused. Monty nodded and bounded over to a plant. He pointed at the leaves, then waved his arms as wings again. You're saying that wings means leaves, right? What ingredient has leaves that wave in the wind? Wild garlic? Monty fell on his back and clapped his little paws together. Silent applause for his smart young witch. With everything now safely in her basket, Tabitha headed home. She briefly wondered whether she shouldn't have a backup plan and take all the animals as well. But then she remembered that would mean snatching up a snake. And that was firmly on her list of things she never, ever wanted to do in life. She took a huge breath, crossed her fingers, and walked through the garden gate. As she went into the kitchen, she chanted the ancient lines. Eye of newt and toe of frog, wool of bat and tongue of dog. Adder's fork and blind worm sting, lizard's leg and owlet's wing. For a charm of powerful trouble, like a potion boil and bubble. <laughs> she drew everything from her basket, placing the plants one by one on the table. The cats, who were still squabbling over the wool, stopped their argument and looked, open-mouthed, at Tabitha and the table. Monty leapt onto her shoulder and sat as high and straight as he could, proudly showing off the smartest witch the Pusselthwaites had produced for generations. Monty's mother quizzed him all afternoon, 
and Tabitha's mother quizzed him all night, but he swore he never said a thing. Tabitha had worked it out all for herself. Tabitha Annabel Postlethwaite, the girl who wasn't tall or short, or loud or quiet, or anything of anything really, was, it turned out, the most natural witch in the world. So next time you see someone helping a small bird that has fallen out of its nest, or stopping cars so a rabbit can hop across the road, or helping a hippopotamus that has developed a toothache, chances are you're looking at a real-life witch performing a little bit of magic right there in front of your eyes. Oh, and what do you think happened when all that magic was added to the pot? (laughs) Why rainbows, of course. Thousands of rainbows poured out of the pot and rushed towards the sky, heading to all corners of the world to brighten even the gloomiest days. Monty was so excited that he nearly fell into the pot, but he was saved at the last moment, losing just a whisker to the colourful bubbling brew. So be sure to check every rainbow for an extra sliver of black, as you'll be seeing the only one that's lined with a cat whisker. (laughs) Not bad for a first attempt, eh? Boy, am I glad Tabitha didn't have to take the toes of that poor frog. Now that story would have been horrible. If you could brew a magic potion, what would you make? I'd like one that could make me extra big and strong and powerful so that I could finally take over the world! (laughs) Just kidding. I'd probably just want one that could turn my hair purple. Let me know what you'd do via the link in the show notes. And now, koala kids, it's time for a special spooky Halloween joke. How do monsters like their eggs in the morning? They like them terrified. <laughs> Happy Halloween, koala kids. Keep on shining. Koala shine.